The worst kept secret in college football, Sam Hartman has headed to Notre Dame, but will it make a difference after being in school for so long? Does he have what it takes to lead a program such as Notre Dame to higher heights? We'll talk about that on today's show, as well as the women's basketball, because clearly some of the ranked teams around the conference didn't get the memo that you always got to play big, even in small time moments. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack. Each and every day, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's on your audio space or on YouTube. You can subscribe to the channel so you can get all the latest info about your conference conference news. Kenton Gibbs, how are you feeling today? I feel great as always. You know what I mean? I, I saw a very disappointing uh, outing by the the um, women's basketball team for the Wolfpack, and we'll get into that. But but you know, it's uh, I'm I'm as great as could be, all things uh, withstanding. A hundred percent. Now, as breaking news came out on Thursday, that was very much not a secret. We had mentioned it before. We were talking about the new shuffle for ACC quarterbacks. We have Sam Hartman decided to take his talents from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, out to South Bend. He will be joining Marcus Freeman, head coach, as a part of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And I think it's a new chapter, a good chapter for him to be on an independent stage. I-N-D-E-P. Okay, all the webby things, all the little boosty things. He's now able to say, hey, I am a really great quarterback, and I'm going to be a part of a conversation that, you know, if all goes well, could be of national championship implications. Well, it's good to see him still stay in the ACC conference. You know, that, that's really. But he's uh, not. No, no, no. Nope. We're not doing Notre that. Notre Dame isn't in the ACC. <laughs> no, but seriously, um, I, you know, there were reports of like, it was basically um, between him and, and Leary for Notre Dame and he was the choice. And I, I don't understand why people would be surprised as to why he would be the choice in that type of situation. Not saying that that's 100% true that that is the case. But I don't – I mean, at the end of the day, the two are very comparable, but one is just much more durable. So I don't really know why you would be surprised that that's the guy that they want to pick. Um, but with that being said, like you said, this Notre Dame team we saw a year had all the pieces. Um, it just was a tough time adjusting to a first-time head coach a little bit, number one. And number two, their quarterback play was at times – I mean – Cue the scissor. They can't see. They're blind. 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 Because they just was out there looking rough. So maybe Sam Harvin can spell some of those problems for them. And maybe him being there spells a national championship or at least a, a playoff appearance for the uh, Fighting Irish. I don't think anybody knows that song that you just referenced, but you. But oh, that's okay. That's, that's unfortunate. <laughs> Either that's way, they okay. get the point. They get the point. They're, they're out there. Hey, somebody's down there somewhere just hocking it. And it what didn't what didn't work out well for them. Words are beating me up today, but it didn't work out well for them. Now there was conversation about whether or not Sam would return for his sixth year at Wake Forest, and he said simply, absolutely not. There was no chance. 
Glad that he's getting an opportunity to go somewhere, be on a quote-unquote bigger stage. He will, though, see Wake Forest again on October 28th next season, and he will be playing at Notre Dame. Interesting matchup already. I think that you got to get your popcorn because for Wake Forest, a lot of the conversation is going to be about, okay, well, Sam, that guy, he made y'all better, and you're going to go backwards, and you're going to start regressing. Or is Clawson really that coach, and he can coach up anybody, and they're still going to be a really decent team? Death, taxes, and Sam Harvin playing college football. Those are three things that we can guarantee um, our life. That's that's three things that all of us must come to know. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Sam Hartman finds a surprise seventh year of eligibility somewhere out here. But with that being said, um, I I think that this was a combination of the two, honestly. I, I think that the running backs in that system of the long mesh, I believe, are held up a little bit. I think that they're kind of hamstringed by the system because you've seen um, Kenneth Walker III and, and others, you know, go on and have success at next stops. But as far as quarterbacks, I mean, it's an amazing quarterback-friendly offense. You're going up-tempo, so you're going to wear defenses down. They're going to recruit receivers where, I mean, they're outside receivers. When's the last time they had an outside receiver that was under 6'2", that was making a lot of plays there? So you've got that going as well. Um, I think that this is a situation where, like, I don't think that I don't think that Sam Hartman will pop out next year and become like this Heisman candidate that's throwing for 50 touchdowns and five interceptions or anything like that. Now, could he be a Heisman candidate? Yes, because if you're the best player on a really good team, especially offensively, that's pretty much what the Heisman has become. But um, do I expect him to take some massive leap now that he's in this new system with, you know, new talent around him? I don't expect it. I mean, we're acting like he was up with or playing against Scrubs as his wide receiving core. He certainly had Donovan Greed. He had A.T. Perry. He had all the pieces around him. Jacoy Robeson before. Yeah, he had Jacoy Robeson. He had Christian Bill uh, Turner. Uh, what was my guy's name? Christian Beal Turner is Christian Turner's one of the running backs. He also mm-hmm. had Kenneth Walker the third. The man has played 45 games, he's been here for a minute. Like, my lord, he's had and, everything. And the uh slot receiver, more as well. The, 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 the talent really, I mean, you know, you can't ask for too much more than what Wade gave him offensively. Yeah, and I just think that ultimately, you know, from a Notre Dame standpoint and how people view Notre Dame, it's a good decision to go somewhere where you don't have to fight those ACC demons of trying to get that respect necessarily. Like, I think that's pretty built in for Notre Dame. And maybe, well, you know, we'll just put him or shut up. Like, is he that guy? But I also say, I mean, six years in college, we see what the quarterback class is looking like right now. Maybe he's given himself an opportunity to, you know, put his name on a bigger stage come next year. I mean, of course, of course. It, at the end of the day, my only, my only objection, my only objection is I believe that, like, for me, there's a, a window for players where it's like you've got more money to make. There's more money out there for you to make. And for Sam Hartman, I don't know how much more money there is for him to make in terms of his limitations are his limitations. They are what they are. And, you know, what would you say his limitations are besides he is not very mobile? I mean, his size is obviously going to be a concern uh, at the next level. Taking hits from NFL defensive linemen, you know, you don't see a ton of smaller quarterbacks uh, make it through without, you know, a a ton of injury and, and things along those lines. And I mean, the other concern is 
is he a system quarterback to some degree? So I know that you, you're going to get the chance to answer that at Notre Dame, but the other side of that coin is, are you playing with guys who are, and I know that the strip away the names, strip away the names in terms of Wake Forest, Notre Dame, and just look at the individuals, look at the guys who are being tasked with catching the balls from Sam Hartman here. Are you going to a place that is as talented as one of the most talented receiving cores that we've seen in quite some time at Wake Forest, that a very underrated receiving core um, that we saw for years. So, you know, it, it could, I'm not going to be the guy to say, oh, there's no way Sam gets better because it could go well for him. It could, he could have that jump. And if he has a ridiculous jump, then yeah, there's money to make here, but he's betting on himself. Let's see how this thing works out. I mean, rushing to be a backup quarterback, there's no, there's no real rush. Let's be honest. Cause, but at the end of the day, Hey, Chase Daniels is making out like a bandit. So I ain't, I'm not saying the backup quarterback life isn't great, but I ain't saying it ain't, is bad either. So there's, <laughs> there's absolutely that as we get into the weekend though, we want to make sure you guys are ready and loaded with some delicious treats as you prepare to head to your favorite basketball team's game. Looking for that treat. You don't want all the fat and calories and you have to try built bar. Just go. We all know we just got through the holidays. We're trying to get right for the new year. That's why you've got to try built but built healthy is actually tasty. What makes built so good? Well, for starters, they are hundred percent covered in real chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Bilt does it, but these bars taste like candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Bilt bars at Bilt.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to the nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Bilt bars. You can, you can pick up a four Bar box of cookies and creams, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Clubs, run in and grab the 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can you can certainly thank me later. Rocking and roll with Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack talking through Sam Hartman news, which, is, of course, is great from the ACC football front because our cousin, you know, Notre Dame decided they're going to be in the mix as well. We also have some ACC women's basketball to go over because some of our teams – Call it tea time Thursday. Didn't get the memo that when you have a ranking, you got to play up to it. You can't play down because our unranked teams here in the ACC are going to make you pay for it. And that's certainly what we saw from a couple of these bad boys. But let's get into it, shall we? All right. My top mm -hmm. team that lost. NC State playing Boston College, the 79-71 victory for the Eagles. An Eagles team that, you know, quiet has kept, had a pretty good run last season. They would pop in and make you a little nervous. But this year, they're certainly bringing down the hammer. And to me, having a former NC State transfer come in and pretty much be like, I want my lick back, it was something that she certainly had all eyes and focus on going into tonight's game between the Wolfpack. I, I warned Wolfpack Nation. I said that Boston College was coming off a game where they got beat so badly by Notre Dame that had Notre Dame not scored a single point in the second half, they still would have won the game. Notre Dame led that game 49-16 to 16 at halftime, and Boston College only went on to score 48 points in the entire game. Now, when you have a night like that, that team is going to be motivated. They're going to be pissed off. They're going to be playing with their hair on fire. And like you already mentioned, Dontavia Wagner was already going to be playing with her hair on fire against her former team 
And the culmination of those things combined with the players who are supposed to be NC state is supposed to be a team that's known for their depth, their balance, their anybody can go off on any night. And this was just a game where if you weren't one of the main scorers for NC state, if you weren't one of the, the players who, uh, if you weren't one of the players who is, is, is responsible for the lion's share of the scoring, they did nothing. Jada Boyd drops 20. Uh, Sanaya Rivers drops 12. Diamond Johnson drops 18 off the bench in her first game back. And outside of them, nobody – outside of them, it was tough. It was a really tough night. Jakia Brown-Turner, zero points, two assists – I'm sorry, two rebounds, one assist, two turnovers – four personal files. Like at the end of the day, this team has to figure out a way to move the ball and a way to create uh dribble penetration to get assist. Because I believe that this is their third or fourth game in a row where they have more turnovers than assist. That's not going to get it done in this conference. And Boston college showed us why Boston college, again, led by Dontavia Wagner showed us why. And they also showed a depth and balance that NC state didn't with four players in double digits. So, you know, they only played seven, and yet they still had more players in double digits than NC State. That's that's what balance looks like. Well said. Talking about Miami and North Carolina, number 22, North Carolina traveled down to Coral Gables and came up short against the Hurricanes. Miami coming up 62-58. to 58. This is the fourth loss for the Tar Heels in a row at that. It's been... I would argue some coaching, you know, inefficiencies, but, you know, it seems like girls are in their head. Maybe they thought they were hotter than they were. They're getting humbled. It's eerily familiar to the boys, the men's team, and how they lost their four in a row, and they just couldn't really figure out their way to go or have lost four games that they didn't plan on losing. And you kind of just figure, where do you go from here? Is Deja Kelly and everybody else? Not really. Sometimes it's Kennedy Todd Williams, right? Sometimes it's Alyssa Usby. But I think that ultimately those girls have to figure out how to win and finish out games and it can't just be if the team is significantly worse they got to figure out how to you know close those gaps dominate have dominant performances because they're going to find themselves at the top 25 here next week um you didn't tell the bad news to uh, all of the Tar Heel fans here so I I take no pleasure in doing this we see I take none but I must do it Their next four games are Notre Dame, Virginia on the road, NC State, and Duke. It's a very real possibility that this team starts off ACC play 1-6, even 0-7. Well, yeah, Olivia Miles is probably one of the coldest guards in the game, so that's a dub. And, I mean, I, while I would love to see a Deja versus Olivia matchup, I can't knock my girl with the glasses. My girl Olivia holding it down. I I am if if I were a Tar Heel fan, I would be very concerned right now. Because Virginia is also a new team that figured out how to win. They let go of Tina Thompson and they're starting to, you know, pick up some big ones. Duke ranked 12th. They beat Wake Forest. I mean 19, excuse me. They beat Wake Forest tonight. This, well, you said the other team was NC State. I mean State. but the only way I say that is because they've beaten NC State, a ranked NC State before. I mean, hey, good for you. That's in the past, baby. In the words of uh, in the words of Andre 3000, you only funky as your last cut. And they last four cuts have all been trashed, went double plastic. But it's Wood. not when it comes to NC State, though. I hear you, 
But what I'm saying is last year's team, in the words of Fat Joe, yesterday's price is not today's price. How many times are you gonna quote different teams when we talk different people when it comes to this conversation around these rivals? Because I feel like until NC State can beat North Carolina comfortably, you can't basically it's always gonna be a head to head. You don't know how it's gonna go match up to me. And that sounds good in theory, but again, it's, that's how it's the, been in practice. What are you talking about? What I'm saying is this is a situation where UNC could be coming in off six straight losses. Which even more so is you want to punch somebody in the mouth. What better way to do it than to do it against your rival? And again, that sounds great. It's like when people say, oh, well, for the Georgia-Georgia Tech game, throw the record books out. This, these two teams don't like each other. Why would you even make that a comparison as if North Carolina has been a scrub against NC State for years? That's not, not a good saying, one to me. That's not it, a good analogy to me. Find a different way, one. Either way it go, okay, sure. We can go Michigan, Ohio State. Historically, over the last over a decade and a half, Ohio State has run through that. That that has not been a, a thought about, oh man, Michigan is actually playing and this is gonna be a good game. But even NC State women have not run through North Carolina, so I'm not I'm just confused. My point in saying this is Michigan won the last two despite the fact that historically over the last 15 years, Ohio State has dominated. What I'm saying here is, yes, North Carolina does normally play NC State surprisingly well under Coach Banghart. Absolutely. I'll give you that. But what but I'm I don't saying, know why it's a surprise because they don't got scrubs on their team. They have always played above their heads against NC State since Banghart has been there. When they were not a very good team her first year, or not a great team, yeah, they weren't a very good team. Her first year, they still took a win off a state team that ended up being a one seed. That's not something you expect. So with that in mind, what I'm saying is this team coming off of six losses is an extremely different situation. There is a very wide chasm between what you have seen in those past games and a team that could be deflated, demoralized, already gave up on the season, and don't like each other. Because let's be honest, we all know that when you're losing, everything tastes a little worse. The music don't sound as good. That The ice ain't as cold. Everything just goes wrong. The jokes ain't as funny. Nothing is as good when you're losing. And going through a six-game losing streak and then going to play your rivals who – I mean, well, you already given them two more. You already given them two more else that they ain't earned yet. But that—that that is what I'm saying is that's a possibility. Even if we say they get an upset of Notre Dame and and beat Virginia Tech as well, right? Okay, great. That could be a reversal, and that could be a situation where you're looking at a situation similar to what they played in before, where this is not a demoralized North Carolina team. But I'm saying it's very possible, very possible that. Again, this is this is a team that they could split those two games and go be on a, a five-game losing streak or a one-in-five in your last six type of situation coming into that game against NC State. And then, and mind you, we're stuck on NC State here as if Duke has not been the best team in the triangle to this point in the season, and they have them next. So, yeah, it's, it's it could be some bad news for the folks in Baby Blue. It could be some real bad news. I mean, I feel like you're just relishing it, but it hasn't happened yet. And, again, like I said, you act as if, you know, it's a guaranteed L for all of these next four games. Me? Relishing in this? Yeah, oh. it's weird. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. Because <laughs> you know full well they could beat them. So I don't know why you even talk about that. These are the forgeries of jealousy. And, and let me say this. In this ACC I believe we just saw it last night, did we not? Or tonight, rather. 
anybody can beat anybody. All of these teams, the teams that we look at as middle of the road, bottom features, whatever the case may be, all of them have a shot. All None of these teams are slouches that you can, oh, we got who on the schedule? Yeah, go ahead and pencil a win. Okay, you try that if you want to. You try that if you want to, and you're going to find yourself in a real, real bad way. You're going to find yourself taking a real, real hot L playing around in a, a division where um, every single night you have to show up, period, every single night. People talk about how bad Wake Forest is struggling. And yet, if it was not for a big fourth quarter from Duke, they were right there in that game. That game was, I believe they actually went in uh, to the fourth quarter tied. So, or no, no, they were down three going into the fourth quarter. I'm sorry. But either way, that was a close game. Duke pulled away late. If we're looking at uh, what we got in terms of all the rest of the teams around the conference, again, this is this is not a conference where you can say, Oh, this is a bad team, and this team ain't about nothing. This thing, okay, you got to show up every night. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before because simply Bet Online is where the game starts. As mentioned, we're talking through the women's basketball games from Thursday night. And listen, Pitt beat Syracuse, or excuse me, Syracuse beat Pitt. 89-71. You saw Florida State, who's a very good team, beat Clemson 93-62. to You saw Louisville beat Georgia Tech 63-55, to but it was the Virginia Tech-Virginia matchup, 74-66. to That really got me excited because I think it says, all in all, it's nice to see Virginia and Virginia Tech be a competitive game because, it won- again, Virginia has had a tough go. They had a terrible coach. They just weren't feeling it. But even to be competitive against a number nine team in the country lets you know that you're moving in the right direction. Oh, 100%. And, and again, you know, this was a situation where tied at halftime, these are two teams that very close, that rivalry is always going to be there. And Virginia Tech has been picked as one of the best teams in the nation. They play like it. And so for Virginia to hang in there with them uh, and go on toe-to-toe and blow-for-blow with them, for, for the and basically the entirety of the game and, and just never really being able to close that cushion and that gap to where, you know, it seemed as if they, they'd uh, walk away with this win. I mean, again, it's, it's good for the conference to see games like this as opposed to, you know, games where the good teams are doubling up on the, the, the bad team scores. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, there's no gimmies in ACC basketball, whether it's men or women's. It's pretty evident that you're going to have to come out and play your best ball. I think it speaks to where the conference is as, you know, a really prominent conference in NCAA basketball. Duke, of course, sits at number one, followed very closely and tied with FSU in terms of top two in the ACC. Notre Dame is right behind them with 3-0. and so every single night, you're going to have to give your best because every single time you got more than likely a top 25 program that you're facing off against or one that's coming off a win against one or one who's looking for their next one after a hard defeat. So I think women's hoops, again, it, I say this all the time, is probably one of the most exciting parts of our conference. So I strongly encourage you to check them out. I'm sure AJ Black has a great episode tonight about that upset at a Boston college, you know, you got Jersey Drake, who of course will have that FSU, you know, conversation. And then our guy here, Kenton Gibbs, who will talk about NC state women all sure as the day is long and, you know, UNC will figure it out eventually, but all in all, like I said, I think that women's basketball is probably one of the secret hidden gems here of our conference. I don't think it's a secret. I think that it's wide. It's right there on broad street that this is one of the best 
uh, parts of this conference in terms of, you know, where we produce the most uh, good teams, the most competitive teams. And it is so telling that every year, whichever team is, is comes out of the, this conference as the best, it's probably going to be a one seed. You know what I mean? We're looking at Notre Dame right now. And, you know, according to bracketology, they're on the one seed. So this is a, this is a strong conference. This is a very, very strong conference. And there are multiple teams that, you know, if they can just get to the tournament, you probably don't want to see them because they're probably going to be seated a little lower than what they should be. I'm looking at you, North Carolina, um, because, again, they're struggling right now. But if this team figures it out, gets things to click, and it shows why at one point in time they were ranked as a top 10 team this season, you could be cooking with grease. This NC State team, get just getting Diamond Johnson back off injury. And if Jakea Brown-Turner decides to show up and, and you know positively impact the game, that is a team that you don't want to see. Um, you're looking at this Virginia Tech team. You think that Kitley is all they got until all of a sudden they start raining down threes on your head while giving Kitley spacing because of the way that they shoot the ball and the high level that they defend at. So, you know, you're you're looking at and, – and this Virginia team, who is probably not going to get the national respect because they've been um, the, the laughing stock of the conference for so long – there's another team. They play as a team. They play hard. They play connected basketball. These are a bunch of teams that you do not want to see come tournament time. Yeah, I strongly agree. Come back tomorrow. We are going to talk with Drizzy Drake about the best bets here going into the weekend for men's basketball. We're also going to talk a little um, NCAA, NCAA college football playoff championship games. Yes, there are no ACC teams playing, but it's still a great opportunity to get some money. And we'll talk about why we feel as if, you know, maybe one day again, we'll see an ACC team be in that bad boy and play for the ultimate trophy. Final news of the day. If you have not heard former Pittsburgh Panther DeMar Hamlin is doing much better, still in critical condition, but being able to breathe a little on his own and being able to talk with his family via writing and all the good things. So we just, you know, thoughts and prayers continue with him. We ask that you guys continue to pray if you so choose just to lift his family up and to donate. I mean, over $7 million for his toy drive is just insane, right? Like in one to two days, he's been able to pretty much set himself up and these kids up for great opportunities for years to come. So we're going to keep him in our thoughts and prayers and just hope that, you know, the miracles are still performing and all the thing, all the good things that we can get out of that. So for Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs, we hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast from anywhere, follow us on all of our channels, and we look forward to seeing you soon.